Well, I think what gets me most about the game last night wasn't that they lost, because honestly, I, I kind of assumed they would lose. I figured that that would, could happen. They're playing on the road against some pretty good pitching. But Matt Pauley, it's how they lost. It's the fact that they were doing so well and everything was going according to plan, and then the bottom just fell out. It did, and Josh Hader couldn't throw strikes. Uh, he could not get that breaking ball, his slider. That was the pitch they could not throw for a strike last night, and then that completely changes the dynamic of the fastball. And Man, that that is... I'm trying to think about a, a tougher way to lose a game that ends your season, and other than an actual walk-off, because it wasn't that, uh, it, it doesn't get much tougher than what happened last night for the Brewers. Yeah, and Matt, Trent Grisham is is taking some heat for the player that he made or failed to make in right field at the end of the game. I, I don't know if I want to place heat on him. I mean, Josh Hader just did have no, he had no command, no location last night. He just looked off. Yeah, I think it's um I think it's a culture thing where we try to like find the one person to blame for something and I don't like that. There's culpability all over the place. The team goes 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position. There's culpability there. Josh Hader can't throw strikes. There's culpability there. Uh Trent Grisham, he does make an error that directly leads to the winning run scoring. So there's culpability there as well. But people who are trying to either assign zero blame to Trent Grisham or 100% blame to Trent Grisham, I don't think either of those things is correct. Matt, how do we kind of describe what's happened over the last month here? Because a month ago we were sitting in a position where we didn't know the Brewers were going to be playing postseason baseball, and here we are. They make an incredible run, but it's it's a one and done now. How do we how do we process all of that? I, I know it's still soon after, but you know, how do you come away with some sort of some meaning from what happened over the last month? They qualify for the playoffs for two years in a row for just the second time in franchise history. That that means something. And there's going to be people out there that poo-poo it because it's the wild card game. And they'll say, oh, it's not even the playoffs because you don't even get into a series. Well, that's not true. It is the playoffs. Uh, and that's worth something. Baseball is the toughest sport to qualify for the playoffs. And baseball rewards division winners by automatically putting them into a series where if you don't win your division, you have to play this wild card game. Is it completely fair? Probably not. But again, you don't win your division. You open yourself up to the possibility of not advancing past the wild card game. So I, you give a ton of credit to the team for the September run and for making it into the postseason I understand that people are going to be like, they never even played a game at Miller Park. That doesn't count as the postseason. But I would very respectfully disagree with those folks. Matt, we've got a lot of time to chew on this over the course of the offseason. But looking ahead, what might look different for this team heading into 2020? Oh, man, a lot of stuff. You know, you got Mike Moustakis and Yasmani Grandal, who are free agents. you got Jordan Lyles, who's a free agent. Drew Pomerantz, who is a free agent. They've got a ton of decisions to make on players who were a big part of the September run. And I think it's in, in some ways the market is going to dictate some of these things. The reason Mike Moustakis and Yasmani Grandal were both brewers were because the market just never developed for them last offseason. Maybe that happens again and you find a way to bring them 
back. But uh, there was already a report last night that the Cincinnati Reds are preparing to offer Yasmani Grandal a multi-year big money deal. If that happens, I have a hard time believing that the Brewers are going to match that sort of thing. So I think this is going to be a very different looking team because you don't just the, there's nobody ready to just come in and be the catcher. There's nobody ready to just come in and be your starting third baseman. If those guys walk away, then David Stearns and company need to fill those holes. Real quick, Matt, it's not going to take away all of the pain, but is there a possibility that not only Craig Council wins manager of the year, but Christian Yelich might still be in the MVP vote in the MVP race? I actually think Council winning manager of the year is more likely than Yelich winning the MVP. I just call me cynical. I just have a hard time that in the smallest market in baseball, you're going to have somebody who misses the final three weeks of the season uh, end up winning the MVP award. I just, I just don't think him. it's. <laughs> uh, they, they missed him done. last night. Did oh, they right. missed him last night? That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, he made, uh, made and look. That, that was part right of the. Um, yeah, I, I said all the time the litmus test on how good this team without Christian Yelch was going to be wasn't going to be the final three weeks of the season with who they were playing. It was uh, it was going to be the playoffs, and we saw that last night. But yeah, to answer your question, I think Craig Council has a really really good shot at winning the Manager of the Year award. I don't think Yelich has as good of a shot of winning the MVP. Matt Pauly, as good as it gets. Thank you, man. Appreciate all your your candor and your thoughts, and uh, we look forward to enjoying you during the off season talking brewers. Thanks. Hot stove.